When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to star fellows your favorite podcast from a galaxy far far away i am your dungeon master rob and with me as always are my friends hannah hello amelia sam hello and brennan i ain't doing doing good well kind of depends on how you guys are doing um <laughs> not good is the answer to that? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Better than Akala. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Akala's not doing good. <laughs> I'm not nervous about it, literally at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's doing bad. She's doing so good. I don't know what you're talking about. She's more, listen, evil. She, she's more powerful it, than she's the dark side of the force. She is more powerful it, than that she is ever It's because the dark felt. side's bad, so she can't be doing good because she's doing bad uh, things. Okay. Just Akala is bad. Jokes. She's bad. She's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Where we last left off, uh, you guys successfully defeated Sue after, like has been mentioned, Akala fell in a moment of rage and hatred to a darker side of the Force, Boo. corrupting her beloved Kyber Crystal soul in the process. During that fight, L had his right hand and part of his right head tail lopped off by Sue in the heat of combat. After successfully defeating your enemy and essentially ending the conflict for the future of the Power and Lights District, you were left in a swirling, roiling room with a bleeding, corrupted Corpus Corsanti kyber crystal the size of a large building in front of you. And you were menaced by a specter, a wraith that had been living dormantly in the body of Sue, which was banished for the time being by the timely entrance of Kobe Cornelius, as well as Jedi Masters, Ugle, and Maxi Mule. And that is where we open. Kobe has banished the wraith in a large beam of sunlight that he cast forth over your shoulder draping you all in warm sunlight and, for the moment, chasing the specter away. 
Akala lies motionless, slumped alongside Oko Valneem, having been just sucker punched by L in the back of the head. Um, oh, it, was, L, it, was, it, it wasn't the head, it was between the, the shoulder blades. Right in the kisser, just hit her right in the mouth. Phased <laughs> uh, in front of her, smacked her down. It was literally was facing the opposite direction. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember it. L, I imagine that you are are knelt down in a daze by Akala. Whoa, that's so true. I am knelt down in a daze by Akala. I think uh, the adrenaline adrenaline from the situation has started to wane a bit um, in the heat of battle, getting your arm cut off. And I think L is kind of in uh, what we might call an excruciating pain for multiple different reasons, but uh, goes to just pick up and sort of cradle Akala's unconscious body. Very well. Um, I can't actually pick her up because someone killed my strength score for no reason, but, uh, you know. And you also only well, have one hand. <laughs> there, I was going to say, you know, there, you there was a very good reason to do that. But... I could fireman carries Akala. I could figure it out. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very fun way to cradle. <laughs> A dead Ooh, we can play well, with we can play with exhaustion mechanics. How many levels of exhaustion do you think <laughs> L has? <laughs> Would we say like all of them, maybe? At least Rob, one day one. I'll tell you what I told Brennan in season two. One day I will be DMing, <laughs> and you will be the player. <laughs> I am just, remember this. I am just the reflection of my players in that I just cast into being whatever it is that is appropriate for, for you guys to have fun. So this says more about you sad fucks than it does about me, or at least that's what I'm telling myself, because <laughs> the guilt would be crushing. So... You are knelt down by Akala. because I have a fucking nine strength. <laughs> <laughs> With the the loosest grip possible, you have have gotten Akala uh, cradled into your lap, sort of as you kind of slump over in pain um, and in concern over Akala. Um, Master and and Rama at this point, I think, having uh, not while not healthy, does not have any catastrophic injuries. I think it makes sense for you to be conscious in this moment as well. Um, I was and, uh, picturing myself, you know, like still the only one standing up, although, you know, I'm not bleeding out and I have all my limbs. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing well in that guard. I was just picturing as soon as they come in screaming for a medic. Um, so, yeah, you I yeah. So as a last man standing, yeah, you you do shout for a medic and um, Maxi uh, touches your shoulder and says, They'll be along with us shortly. We're the front guard to clear the way through the tunnels. Um, we'll tend to them in a second. And you see, you and Al see um, Master Ugle um, walk past you. You know this cluster of people, as well as step over some dead bodies of a crushed Trandoshan and um, by several piles of corpses. And he looks up at the crystal, which is. Um, you know, spinning slowly itself, but roiling and still a mass of lightning and dense purple smoke, and its corrupted red color bleeds forth from the edges of the crystal and drips down into the, uh, you know, endless hole beneath it. And uh, he says, Maxi, Kobe, I require your assistance. 
The heart of the planet weeps with the blood of the innocent. We must do our duty and end its despair. And he shrugs off his outer brown Jedi robes to reveal just black uh, utilitarian pants, um, bare feet, and a like white undershirt that kind of comes over in <laughs> sort of rounded places over his froggy body. Um, and with his broad shoulders, he extends his arms up to the crystal and begins slowly floating up to it. Um, Kobe goes first before aiding Uble over to UL and wraps you in his arms um, and says, Thank the spheres you survived. I'm so, so sorry for not being able to go after you. You have done amazing. We will take care of the rest. Um, and after um, embracing you, um, he stands up and he and Maxi both um, walk over to Uble, and he, as he begins floating up into the roiling mass of the storm, he reaches out and grabs part of the crystal, and he begins to sing from both of his authorian throats this like thunderous, deep basso throat singing that fills the room um, and echoes along the long halls of the cave. And as it does, you see the sound waves from his voice ripple through the smoke and, and even striations through and he begins singing and in this long warbling voice um, you see and feel um, the energy of the room start to change um, from very chaotic and negative to now kind of uh, combative against this singing voice that is booming throughout the cave. The other Jedi Masters stand behind him, um, an even distance apart, forming sort of a triangle with him in the air, and they lift up their arms as well, lending him strength and support to the Force. Now, at this point, L, I'm. I think that your vision would start to uh, fail you, for lack of a better term. Uh, I think with the the chaos of the room, while you're paying attention and can see what's happening, I think much of it is lost to you in your pain. Rama, what you notice is that as this ritual is happening to the crystal in this room in Master Uble's other hand that is not touching the crystal, you start to see a swirling red ball start to form. And as the color of the crystal starts changing incrementally from this deep bloody red to a faded milky white, that ball in his hand gets larger and larger and you see that it too is the color and tone of crimson blood. Now, you also feel during this some electricity start to buzz off of your armor, like static electricity in the air starts leaping from plate to plate, and a massive lightning bolt from below the crystal strikes through and sends lightning strikes chaos, like chaotically all across the room, and it thunders. And you see that Uble himself is enwrapped in lightning for a moment and is straining. And Kobe calls up to him and says, Uble, we must hurry. If the crystal remains unstable, we can lose the whole district. Peace and calm, friend. The crystal desires to sleep and be calm. Let it be so. 
and the clouds themselves start to fade as his singing fades and the crystal is slowly purified in front of you. When he is finished, he drops the red ball in his hand and Rama, you see it impact the metal flooring of the cave with a loud metallic thunk, as if it must have weighed several hundred pounds. The crystal before you is now a calm milky white and lightning now streams through it in majestic and calm arcs up from below and dispersing to the towers and the different ducts that lead around the Argoplex. After the crystal's purified, um, a few moments go by as the, the Jedi catch their breath, and in coming a few minutes later is a set of jet troopers in full garrisoned military armaments um, with helmets and plate armor, as well as jetpacks on their back, and with them comes medical supplies and some advanced technology to try to extricate you from the cave. Akala and Oko are immediately placed onto stretchers that are then able to be hauled out by various hover equipment through the treacherous terrain of the caves. Ugle goes ahead with Akala and Oko, while uh, L, I would imagine you would also be lifted onto a stretcher since you're missing an arm, so I think that you would also be excavated out with them. Um, um. Do you have any objection? I don't have an objection. I would like to say something. I imagine L at this point is, you know, very out of it. Um, but when he, they, you know, being near, like essentially right on top of Akala and Oko in that area, as uh, they come by, uh, when Master Ugle comes by, uh, he's going to say, uh, Akala's not well. Yes, it appears so. I do not trouble yourself to speak too much. You are missing quite a lot of blood. Uh, we will you, resolve you everything to, momentarily. Yeah, you need to keep her away from Oko when they uh, come to. He looks at you quizzical for a second, um, not quite understanding, and says, uh, I do not understand why would I need to separate them. I mean, they will be, naturally, as they, are, they will be put in different places, of course, but can I ask why? Akla. Um, I think, where's uh, the kyber crystal? Think in Akla's hand still. Um, I'm, and I, I saw that, like, be red. I'm just going to kind of, like, gesture toward uh, her hands, where I've probably been staring at the kyber crystal itself for a while. Um, he bends down and, uh, like, unfurls Akla's, like, unconscious hand and sees the, like, red and cracked kyber crystal and says, Ah. I see she is indeed unwell. Uh, he picks it up uh, gingerly with the tips of his fingers and places soul into a small leather pouch that he has and ties it um, and keeps it on his person and says, Well, this is, you've done more than enough, El. Uh, allow us to accommodate you and to take cool. care of the rest. I'm going to pass out. And then El just <laughs> falls unconscious. Uh, he catches your head and, and lays and helps you on to... Uh, a mobile like hover stretcher um, and yeah. you guys make your way out um, 
Matt, uh, Rama, I think that you can accompany on foot Kobe and Maxi um, throughout the rest of the cave. Um, there isn't too much to see here. Um, so um, after a time, the, the jetpack uh, troopers uh, will make their way through the caves and they've retrieved all, all of the unconscious and injured folk. Um, you, on the way out, you and Maxi and Kobe pass the large uh, under or the lake chamber where the dragon snake's body is still there decomposing. Um, and as you guys like kind of jetpack and jump your way across, um, you hear um, Maxi say, "Who would have thought a beast like that was down here this whole time?" Um, and then you hear Kobe call after him. We best not wait to find out what is still lurking here then. Um, and you guys move through uh, the room in the cave. Um, and then uh, you get to the room where the cave-in occurred, um, where Hold you up. were sitting. <clears throat> yes. Uh, really quick, could I, uh, could I say something as, while we're in this room? Yeah. Um, whenever we jetpack past the holding cells, uh, I'd like to mentioned to both of them um <clears throat> hey they're uh a really 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 old guy in a metal suit and or a really old woman with a gun i don't suppose any civilians got out talking about a giant snake or something oh dear heavens do you mean old debbie and old davy yeah, they're uh, <clears throat> they're still kicking, right? Just, just wondering. I haven't seen them recently, but Debbie did escort a group of survivors out of the cave uh, a little while ago. They, in fact, blew a hole in the top of the cave uh, to get daylight, apparently with some explosives and ammunition that they had been. Uh, given or had otherwise acquired. Uh, I do not know who all made it out of that expedition, but they did join us at the tail end of the battle uh, in in the Argoplex, um, which was quite bloody. So we'll need to take an account of the survivors, but it's best to not worry about that at the moment. Good. <clears throat> Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate the thought. Sure. I, again, no promises, but uh, let's keep moving. Uh, and anyway, so you, you move um, back farther through the caves to the, to the room where the cave-in occurred. And as Maxie said, there was now a giant hole blown in the top of it um, where there's now daylight shining down. And you can hear the cries and the ambient noises of speeders and triage units tending to people topside. Um, you guys are able to jetpack and otherwise clamber your way out. Um, and on the surface, um, you see that the scene above is carnage. There's hundreds of bodies and destroyed droids laying about in the Argoplex. Um, people have started lining up uh, bodies of the fallen into the beginnings of rows while dozens of speeders with hospital colors dash across the landscape, triaging the wounded and ferrying people to different hospitals around the planet. Um, you see a large number of dead hive soldiers in Trandoshans, um, and some people that look like, or and a decent amount of people rather, that look like they were Republic soldiers or otherwise part of the Jedi Order. Rama, since you asked about it, you do see um, in a distant corner of the Argoplex, as you're kind of coming into daylight, the form of a uh, 
old man uh, laying under the tree about, uh, you know, a hundred yards away. Um, wait, laying? Like, down? Like, laying down, like, propped against a tree. Uh, alright. I'm assuming he's sleeping. Can I, can I sprint over? Um, yeah. Or limp over? (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot Um, of HP left. Yeah, you limp over, um, and Maxi calls back after you, Roma, where are you going? Um, and you, like, I'll be right back. I gotta see a better friend. Um, so you limp across the field, and as you get closer and closer, you're able to make out more of what you're seeing, and you do see the clear, like, dark red colors of Davy's exosuit under this tree, and a, uh, walker next to it, um, that you recognize to be old Debbie's. Um, and as you, uh, walk over and approach, um, you see, uh, old Davy in his suit lying under the tree, um, with his eyes closed, with uh, Debbie cradled in his arms, and it looks like they're both sleeping peacefully. Uh, thank God. Uh, I don't suppose I see my gun around, <laughs> or both guns. Maybe leave like a little sticky note, <laughs> like um, XOXO. <laughs> yeah, in fact, you you do see your guns like bandoliered over Debbie's walker, um, and you also see around this tree like. You count them out, and there's like two dozen dead hive soldiers and otherwise like <laughs> Red Ma affiliates under this tree that they're sleeping under. Awesome. Um, I'm just gonna like, just casually see if I could pick them both up without waking them, um, and then I'll make a sleight of hand check. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sixteen. Sixteen. Um. Yeah, you're, so you're able to, to pick them up without disturbing them, um, and you make no noise, and you pick up your guns, and you belt them on. Um, Sweet, and then do I, I still have that single-shot pistol we took from the mayor, right? Yeah, I don't know that I actually ever intended it to be, like, a single shot. I think what I said, reflecting back, is that it had a round in the chamber, meaning that like well, he, yeah, he like, was keeping it good. dangerously. I think it can hold more than one shot. It's not right. like a, a Oh, musket, I thought it was you know? a revolver. Yeah. So gonna, yeah. Yeah, like a revolver. I'm going to replace well, the... Re- yeah. Oh, sorry. Ignore me. <laughs> um, I'm going to open the revolver and make sure it's still got the one round in it. Um, okay, yeah, you open up the revolver, and it indeed does have the singular round in it. I'm going to uh, shut it and put it on the uh, the walker take out um <clears throat> like a just a knife from my survival kit something sharp and then carve a notch into the revolver for each head i see on the tree <laughs> uh nice so you sit down for what, I, what must be five or six minutes next to davy <laughs> and debbie um and you start carving into this revolver and as you get a few strokes in um something catches your eye and you look up at Debbie and Davy, and you start seeing little points of light materialize into the air. And you look down again, make a few more notches, and you look up and you see more and more of them streaming up to the sky. And then it seems like all at once a whole wave of them come up from under the tree and rustle the leaves. And you look back, and Debbie and Davy are gone. What? Davy, come back! Debbie! 
Say something, get back down here. I can't lose you too as well. Damn it. Um, gonna... Take it and just hold it up like a flare and hope the bullet looks pretty. Just poof, and fire off a singular salute. You fire off a singular shot, um, and uh, from a mix of the concussion of the gunpowder and the wind that is streaming through the leaves, um, you hear what seems to be uh, faintly, almost indistinguishably, a voice cradle your ears through the wind that says, Good hunting. I'm going to fire up the jetpack and see if I can follow up with the light. Um, sure. So, yeah. I'm not you, ready yet. I'm not ready yet, Davey. Um, so, you uh, launch up into the night sky, following these motes of light up into the, to the air, and you climb up and up and up. Um, you climb enough where you, like, start to get, like, some ice forming on the outside of your armor. Um, and at this like precipice, you see the moats start kind of swirling and reflect in the sky, and you can see kind of in the clouds um, vague shapes seeming to wave you good night, and you return down to the earth. I'm gonna clutch the walker and just watch <laughs> you guys too. I've lost so much. <laughs> Um, you feel a hand on your on your shoulder, and uh, you look to your side to see Maxie standing there with you. I'm sorry for your loss, Rama. I knew them as well. They were a good couple. Is your loss too? It's the whole damn planet's loss. Yes, yes, I suppose they were good people. Lights in the darkness. Good for the community. But if you were to ask them, I think they would say that we should not pity them. They lived long lives, and they knew when their time was coming. Warriors, all soldiers, even if they won't admit it, privately wish that at the end of all their battles they could sit down peacefully under a tree with the love of the life in their arms and drift painlessly into the night. Guess I'm selfish for wanting to keep them here. I've just... I've lost enough. Yes, but they are now one with the Force and with everything else. And for that, they will never truly be gone. Especially not where it counts most. And he taps you at the front of your chest armor with a thud. What crack act, just fucking weirdo, came up to you and told you that I had a heart? You have a heart, Rama. Bigger than you might realize, in fact. Uh, I'm gonna grab him behind, behind his head and do the little, the kind of the equivalent of like a Mandalorian, like, kiss, like, sign of affection. Um, it's kind of like in the second movie when, when Django uh, gets his head cut off and baby Boba, like, puts his forehead to Chango's helmet. Yeah. Um the sacred it's Mandalorian called, helmet touch. It's called it's called something in the lore. I can't remember what it is. Um but uh it's, it's called interesting. A smoochie. 
<laughs> Interestingly enough, if it's if you do it like violently, it's also like throwing the gauntlet down for conflict <laughs> as well as a sign of affection if you do it like slowly, which I think is really very funny. Um, and I'm just going to... I'm not challenging him to a duel, so I'm just going to lightly touch uh, foreheads and be like, Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. Anytime. Now, we should really get you some help. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the order. Right, I'm going to holster uh, now all four of my guns <laughs> and uh, follow him uh, back. Um, yeah, I will say, like, before you, like, leave the scene, you do see that, like, even though, like, their bodies disappeared, um, like, some personal effects of them stayed behind. Um, in particular, uh, like, you look at Davy's armor, and there appears to be, um, like, on his, like, arm that didn't have the, like, leaf blade that he gave to Akala, he had a data pad, and it looks like it has some, um like engineered components to it that were pretty vital to like the systems of the armor which might be valuable for you to take with you you think that you yeah like it I'm looks like you might that. be able to uh incorporate it into your armor Woo um great okay cool so uh rama you are escorted uh by maxi to a speeder which takes you guys back to the order and uh you are ushered uh to a hospital with your or the like hospital wing of the Jedi Order itself, um, and you and your compatriots are put into a uh, hospital, like medical attention. Um, so we're going to say that uh, from there, seven days is going to pass, um, and we're going to uh, begin with uh, well L waking up in a Bacta tank. Um, so you like come into consciousness like floating in this test tube tank um, with an air mask and like various other um, intravenous like lines into your body um, the pain is mostly gone but you feel like uh, I would imagine well I don't know how you would feel waking up in a back to tank but you know I assume not good <laughs> you tell yeah, me I can, I can shed some light on that um yeah, L like wakes up and there's like a second of panic, I think, at the idea of like waking up underwater mm. um before just for like a fraction of a second really as uh his senses sort of come to him and he puts together everything that happened beforehand, where I am now, kind of replaying it all at an incredible speed through his head, looks down at his arm, still gone. Um, but definitely a lot less uh, painful and sort of looks out. Do I see anyone in this room? Yeah, so through the hazy water, like, you see the, like, beeps of different medical droids, and you also see um, the form of, like, a dark-skinned human man uh, meditating in front of you, um, which you would likely yeah. deduce is Kobe. Yeah, so... Um, 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 yeah, so I think there's this sort of level of relief um in a way i think at the end of the battle that disorientation and feeling of overwhelming has dissipated you know 
things are moving slower again, but there's still just so much uncertainty and so much swirling around his head uh, that I don't think he quite knows how to go forward. Um, But he is just going to kind of raise his left arm and, like, knock against the the glass tube. Um, You see... uh... Master Cornelius's like head like dip up from a slump very suddenly, and then he stands, um, and you hear him like call vague things out to somebody that you can't see, um, and then rushes over to you and uh, starts like climbing like the apparatus for the back to tank to start like getting you out. Um, so after a few moments, um, you feel the or you can hear rather and and kind of see the difference as the top of the tube opens up and uh several like mechanical droid arms like kind of hook you under your uh arms and your torso oh, okay. and and pull you up um or oh, yeah uh kobe quickly helps you uh get unhooked from all of the medical equipment um and wrapped in a towel um they left you some modesty in, in giving you like essentially a speedo to wear in the tank um but otherwise uh you're just wrapped in a bunch of towels very quickly um, and taken to a more conventional uh, hospital bed. Right, so it's just you and Kobe in a hospital room, um, and he takes a seat next to you once you're kind of made comfortable and says, uh, Welcome back. How are you feeling? I feel like I got hit by a speeder and uh, just kind of left out for a few days. Yeah. Um I'm sorry about all of this. I mean, you don't you don't really got to be sorry. Uh unless you were the one who did all that crystal shit, which you weren't. So No. No. You're right. Sue and the Red Ma are responsible for all of the carnage that has happened recently. And you and the rest of you are thank for stopping her. You're kind of heroes now. I mean, you were always my hero, but now the press is saying so too. Oh, gross. I don't have to, like, talk to anyone, do I? Oh, um, well, about that, um, if you're up for it, um, there has been talks of a metal ceremony and there has been um, a lot of leaks to the press that the Jedi are unhappy about but um, well I guess let me explain a few things are, are you up to it I don't want to rush your yeah your no this is good process. also we we need a debrief about the yeah yeah no no good go go shoot okay um Let's start with the battle in the aftermath. Um, the battle on the ground for the Power and Lights District raged on after you guys went into the tunnel. Um, hundreds of Hive soldiers and possessed citizens flooded the Argoplex from all around us. And we found out later that this was a trap set deliberately, assuming that we would come to retake it as soon as possible. The battle lasted for who knows how long exactly, but ultimately the Jedi and the rest of the forces were able to subdue them enough 
so that we could once again clear the Argoplex, though the casualties were considerable. Once things started to turn, the Hive launched their assault on the planet from outer space as well, sending out fighter ships and bombers to attack the capital district. Now, we were managed to rout them pretty quickly with reinforcements from a couple other planets like Shili and Typhon, but the Hive main ship, the Beehive satellite thing, was able to jump into hyperspace before we were able to do enough damage to effectively maroon it somewhere. So, while no further damage was done from outer space to the planet, they did get away, which, you know, right now it's kind of the Jedi's biggest priority is finding wherever they ended up. So there's going to be a galaxy-wide search for one ship in the heart of the universe, and who knows how long that'll take. Anyway, um, the, uh, the refugees, the citizens that uh, you and uh, Rama and Akala helped free did make their way back to the surface, um, so that's good, um, including some very well-connected individuals in that group. Um, I'm not sure if you had any prior connection with any of them, but um, there were some family members of uh, senators in that group of riffraff that was caged underneath the Power and Lights district, and there's some families that are very grateful for your help. Uh, that also brings me to Oko. Uh, Turuk Valnim has uh, accepted that the bounty was in fact complete and is incredibly embarrassed that his daughter participated in perhaps the biggest uh, terrorist attack in Kursanti history in the recent millennium. So, as you can imagine, he was very eager to pay out that bounty. So, you and presumably Rama as well are a million credits richer. Um, what else? Um, yes. Um, so, about the press. Um, I think from a combination of the refugees and some loose lips around the Citadel, uh, tales have spread of a mysterious trio that plunged into the dark heart of the Argoplex and rid us of a threat to our planet. And also, we were caught on camera coming into the Argoplex when we were making our initial infiltration. We look right. quite, I mean, we look great. Uh, oh, good. You know. Thank God. The press has been playing a reel of you killing the, uh, oh, what was it called? The big cat monster. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Hold on. Nexu. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the Nexu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, footage of you killing the Nexu has been all over the internet. Um, but this is not to flame our vanity. Um, this is to say that the story of uh, you three making a heroic stand against uh, a proto-Sith board underneath our very streets has caught the imagination of the general public, and the press has come to dub the, the Argonauts for your faithful defense of the Argoplex. And they want to give you medals. Uh, Alright. Sure. <laughs> what does this mean for me because like if people ask questions they're gonna be like 
oh, you got a lightsaber, you're a Jedi. I'm gonna be like, nope, I'm banished. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's the deal there? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, as you can imagine, the Jedi are in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, you know, between you and me, I think Master Grimwald finds the whole thing pretty amusing. But I'm gonna be honest, I do too. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> kind of glances down at his arm. Some parts more than others. Um, yeah, I. You should talk to Rama about that. By the way, he's been um, floating some ideas with Bronze about how to deal with that. But, um, but yes, the Jedi are in a bit of a political pickle because, uh, well, your name as well as Akala's and Rama's is pretty public and everyone not only thinks, but thinks correctly, rather knows that you're a hero. And frankly, if the Jedi decide to banish or, I mean, God forbid, publicly execute a hero of the people, uh, it would be bad for our reputation. Yeah, I kind of put those two together on my own. Not to mention the obvious, very stupid and, and short-sighted as well. So, on the other hand, they have made a show within the Order to not tolerate deserters or those that uh, become corrupted to the darker side of the Force. And technically, you've done neither. You were just misplaced for a while, and otherwise the upstanding model of a Jedi Knight. Uh, so... This is all to say, the council has softened their stance a bit to allow you to be uh, an independent researcher for the Jedi Order, free to conduct your, uh, oh, I guess your mission, or whatever it is that you'd like to do, as long as it is still off-world. I think is their idea. So I just need to very graciously make myself scarce once this all dies down. More or less. I don't think that the Jedi Order is going to be openly antagonistic to you, and I don't think that you'll be in bad standing of any sort, but I think at least until they warm up to the idea a bit more, it would be wise to continue with your original plan of... Uh, hunting down the rest of the artifacts that the Bendu has asked you to retrieve. Uh, um, and what about Akala? Ah, uh, um, and he kind of like, his face hardens and he kind of leans in and says, I don't know. We don't really have a good idea of what exactly happened down in the uh, chamber of the Corpus Quasanti. Ugle has told me about Soul's Crystal and its corruption. We didn't want to draw any conclusions before either of you had the chance to wake up and explain to us uh, what had happened um 
But while we're on the topic, and before you do explain, I want to uh, emphasize again that Agla is also considered a hero of the people, and uh, for similar reasons, the Jedi Order is a bit pressed about what to do. Though this has not gone very public in, within the Order yet, only us in this room in Ugle and Akla really know about Sol, but it's not a secret that we feel like we can keep forever. Yeah, and I think... I think it Akla is a danger to herself and others, if you just... I mean, she tried to kill Oko. I, there was a part of the battle that I fell unconscious, and when I came back, she was... I mean, even before then, there were. she was doing some disturbing things. I didn't really... I mean, we were in the heat of battle, so I, I didn't say anything. I, there wasn't anything to say. I figured I'd just talk about talk to her after it was over. But once it was over... What sorts of disturbing things? Um, can I just sort of, like, run through what I... Like, can we just say that I... Because yeah. I press, have been press, a while. Press X to explain. X, yeah. tap, 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 dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Um, yeah, so I, I, I tell him, like, everything. Oh, my everything God. I remember from the back, right? <laughs> no, because I, like, went down and I came back up. Yeah, but... Uh, okay. um, yeah, and, so so you, yeah. you explain kind of the... The dark side force powers, the use of lightning, the manifesting a dark version of soul, the whole red crystal thing. The yeah, my thoughts about the the forest ghost probably aiming for Akala when he vanished. Right, it. Um, and at the end of it, like his express his expression remained pretty like neutral, concerned. Like throughout this whole explanation, he says, "I agree that she is a danger to herself and others right now, with what you've told." I can't say more without just being speculative, but this is a long-term problem. If The reason the dark side is so dangerous is because we all recognize instinctively that it is much more convenient in life if you can just smite your enemies with a bolt of lightning. And militant critics of the Jedi Order and, you know, that would label us purists and even pacifists in times with how we handle conflict don't understand that if you have the power of the universe in your hand and you misuse it once out of convenience or out of anger or spite you lose what made you worthy to have that control over those forces of nature in the first place. Akala, it seems, made a commitment at some point in those battles to no longer heed the wisdom of restraint and reluctance. And like a drug, it pulls you in. Because once you make that decision a first time, the second time is half as monumental the defenses that you put up to avoid that sort of spiral start to crumble, and it becomes easier and easier to indulge it. Which is why the consequences for turning so dramatically are 
heavy. But we may have some circumstances that weigh in her favor. Ole and Maxie and I can all attest that that environment was basically, I mean, Ugle makes it look easy, and Maxie is a good straight face as well as I do, but being in that place was deeply troubling. Yeah, that, that shit was fucked up. Yes, uh, said very well. Um, it was fucked up. And it fucked Akala up. Um, but that is only an excuse and not necessarily an explanation. I think another reason that you should make yourself scarce is because I'm not blaming you or anything like that, but she does not act with wisdom when you're when it comes to matters of your life and safety, Akula does not think with the same rational and cool understanding that she would with any other person, even ones that she cares about very deeply. And it's not a bad thing. And love is something that we all strive to cultivate, but I think in this case it has lent to consequences that we would not wish for people that we love. Yeah. I know. Um, he just embraces you um, and says I'm so sorry my dear boy I, I'm so proud of you there's just some tears now I'm back I missed you I missed you too you Even with having left and the trouble that's caused, I don't know that there's a more worthy person on this planet or elsewhere of calling themselves a Jedi. That means a lot coming from you. You must be starving. Um, let me go get you some breakfast. Yeah, can we have also, like... Not that I don't love the food at the Jedi Temple, but that that whole metal ceremony is there gonna be like they're gonna be like a spread or they're gonna be drinks like what kind of <laughs> kind of situation we're talking about on his way out he says we're not going to have the metal ceremony until we're good and damn ready to have the metal ceremony so for the time being just rest that can come later all right um <laughs> also have I seen monkey around anywhere? Um, you have not seen him around anywhere. Not since you woke up. Yeah. Uh, Master Cornelius, have you, have you seen the, the monkey little droid? Oh, oh, uh, M0. Um, he's, well, for the past week he's been running amok. Um, today? Yeah, kind of his style. Yeah. I think he may have locked himself in the armory. Oh, well, like, can you just have someone try and that's that and then, like, Alec catches up. That's so bad, probably. Uh, just have someone yell that I'm awake and I'm looking for him. Um, I'll put the word out. Cool. Cool. I'll get breakfast. Thank you. 
for everything. He nods to you and uh, heads out of your room. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, Kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, It'll be the last like regular, like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, post-mortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So, as you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, but take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, which also means this is going to be my last announcement, update, whatever thing ever probably. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that, but, um, we'll, we'll get there. We'll catch up. And, um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while simply because a lot of us are busy, um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually, Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. Um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's... It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, so you put the word out that you're looking for Monkey. You had to talk with Kobe Cornelius. Right. 
So now we're going to jump to Akala. <gasps> um, so sometime after that conversation between Elle and Kobe Cornelius, um, Master Cornelius shares what he had learned about the nature of the battle to uh, Master Uglay, as well as a few others that he trusts within the Order. Akala, you wake up sometime after L, and you also wake up in a Bacta tank under similar circumstances, although yours is not the full Bacta tank where you are suspended. Your wounds were less severe, and so you were put into a half tank that is horizontal that just kind of washes over you while keeping your uh, head and mouth above water. Um, you wake up um, from dark and troubling dreams. Um, you dreamt while you were unconscious of... Uh, you know, thoughts of violence and flashes of blood sacrifices and uh, a haunting scene of the deep red Corpus Corsanti as well as the crimson red crystal of soul um, that you had uh, gripped in your hand in rage and fury. And you see... Um, the carnage that you had wrought, the dead Trandoshans uh, slitting Sue's throat, and you awake feeling uh, a terrible, shaking anger at all of this. Um, okay, can I... Where am I? Am I... I'm not in the same room, I imagine, that L was... No, in. You're, in a, you're in a different hospital room. I mean, you can see the, like, the, the, like, fluorescent lights above you, but you, as you come to, you, like realize that you're in a back to tank after a few moments um do you what is your reaction to waking up like what comes first um yeah i mean i don't feel good that's that's for sure um yeah i think just figuring like figuring out where i am is number one priority right now yeah um after you start like kind of like moving your hands across the like the glass of the back to tank like you feel like you're able to like push it up and over you um and you do hear like the hiss and release of the hinges as like this back to tank opens up um and as you kind of like sit up out of it um you see that the hospital room is uh filled or with medical droids and medical equipment um a uh twee lek with uh kind of like light beige beige like skin and like hospital fatigues um with a mask and like rubber gloves um who like comes over and tends to you and says not too quickly now out of the back to tank that's it that's it everything's fine no need to worry um have i can i is this this is not the typical like hospital room this is a different one like um roll me a perception check I would love to do that. Because um, normally droids wouldn't be taking care of me, yeah? Well, it's droids plus this Twi'lek, but yeah, you can Oh, that's right. Uh, 16? 16. Um, you take a moment to look around, um, and you notice uh, a couple things that seem somewhat out of the ordinary. Um, this particular hospital room has nobody else in it, which seems somewhat atypical because of the amount of carnage you know must have occurred. 
you also know standing at the door are two uh, gentlemen with uh, long metal stabs, uh, white, um, kind of off-white, like eggshell robes with hoods and uh, flat, uh, expressionless wooden masks over their faces as well. You uh, have identified them as the highest level of security in the investigator department, uh, the uh, highest ranking sentinels in the uh, you know, investigations department. Now, now, dear, out of the tank. Um, okay, I'm gonna slowly step out of the tank, just kind of piecing everything together, I think, as, like, the memories come back, um, and just the, the, the remaining swirling thoughts of the, of the dreams that I just had, um, uh, where is everyone? Oh, everyone's safe, um, your friends have, uh, already been treated, and they're recovering just fine. But not, uh, not to worry about them. Uh, right now we need to focus on getting you uh, back to healthy. Um, and she drapes uh, a series of towels over you, um, covering you up, um, and says, me and these gentlemen over here are going to escort you to uh, a more secure room for you to lay down in and recover and get dry. And, Where uh, is we'll my kyber there. crystal? Oh, uh, I don't. No, I was not uh, in charge. I'm not in charge of your personal effects. Um, as soon as we get you to your room... I had it when I passed out. Where is it? Like I said, dear, I don't know. I'm just a nurse. Are there... Is there, like, anything I can start looking through in this, in this room? Like, are there drawers next to my tank or anything like that? Um, I mean, like, you don't see, like, any of your, like you know, your clothing or your, like, personal items around. Um, I mean, there are, like, drawers and cabinets and stuff in this room that are filled with medical equipment that you can start rooting. Yeah, I'm going to start rooting through those, like, manically, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, like, run over to some, like, to, a, out, like, a wooden cabinet and, like, throw it open and, like, see a bunch of beakers and, like, knock a few of them over and they crash to the floor and, like, glass shatters. Um, and the, like, Twi'lek nurse who was standing to you was like, Oh, dear. Darling, please refrain from opening all the cabinets. Um, gentlemen, if you would, please. Um, and the two sentinels, like, both turn to you and, like, loudly, like, stamp their staves against the linoleum floor. Um, do you keep rooting around and shit? Um, no, I think that'll stop me. Um... Are you going to take me away now? To a, a more fitting hospital room, dear. You are in no danger right now. This is a hospital, not a prison. Um, and she, like, starts, uh, like, gently, like, corralling you to the door. Um, are you going to, like, resist anymore, or are you going to go with them? I don't think so. Can I roll a, a force check to see if Sol is in here? Um... Sure. Should I add my light attack modifier? Probably not. No. Um, <laughs> that, I, no. <laughs> that's a that's a flat fourteen on the on the die. Um, you like extend your awareness like for your kyber crystal to see if you can locate it, and all you receive back is like a headache, like kind of like the headache you you get 
when like you're really dehydrated and then you like drink a beer and your body's like fuck why did i do that yeah, like that uh-huh. sort of like immediate headache right. that's the type of like reception signal you get back from that search okay. um try not to exert yourself dear it's much better if you just relax and let the drugs do their work um and uh you're taken to a hospital room very similar to the one that l was in um and you are like set up in a bed and given some hospital clothes. Um, in this room is like a bed and a side table as well as like a normal sitting table and a few chairs for visitors um, and some other equipment for doctors to use as well. Um, and the nurse and the guards leave you in the room and then as the nurse goes out and says, now if you need anything else, there's a button on the side of the bed that if you press it will summon a nurse immediately. Um, if you need me, just go ahead and press that button um and otherwise we'll leave you alone to rest um and she leaves and you hear uh as the lock clicks behind her um and you're left in your own room for a little while um would you like to do anything besides just rest for a bit no i think she's just gonna sit and stew unfortunately Okay. Um, well, as Akala broods, um, like <laughs> time starts uh, like dwindling away, and at some point, um, you feel like you fell asleep for a little bit, not intending to, and then kind of wake up. Um, and after a few sort of dazed moments, um, you hear uh, a set of like hard knocks at the door. Hello, Akala. I'm coming in now. Are you decent? I am not going to answer. Okay, coming in then. Um, and uh, the door opens wide, um, and you see uh, Uglay come in. Um, his like large froggy stature um, like walks through the door and closes it behind him. And as it does, you see um, as the door swings a like faint like whoosh of uh, some off-white eggshell robes uh, on the other side of the door. Um, and he comes in, he sits, um, not at the edge of your bed, but he sits in one of the chairs, like at the sitting table, um, in the room and says, uh, good that you're awake. How are you feeling? Are you just here to tell me how disappointed you are in me? Uh, well, I hoped for a gentler opening into the conversation, but, uh... No, that is not my purpose, nor my intention. I, well, would you like to have the floor first to perhaps tell me with your own words what it is that we are about to have a conversation about? Um, she cannot meet his eyes. I, I imagine her, like... Like sitting on the bed, but like like sitting up, like up against the wall, um, and like angry tears form in her eyes, just like unable to to calm down at the at the sight of him. Um, you told me I would be ready for this. 
You told me you believed in me? And now look where I am. I'm a prisoner in my own home. I don't know what I'm feeling. You left us there to die. What was I supposed to do? He looks at you calmly, I would say, which is somewhat normal for an Athorian who, after all, is evolved from the patience of frog-like species, and he sort of regards you. Um, and it's impressed upon you how, like, it is very difficult to, to understand what the Jedi Master feels if it weren't for the fact that he tends to communicate how he's feeling quite eloquently with his own voice but from just looking at him it's very difficult to get a read on his emotions I understand why you're upset with me and in general I I always believed in you Akala not because I had decided to or because I feel like I had to I believed in you because having raised you I knew that you were always capable of doing everything that you ever wanted to do and I believe in you no less now as a Jedi or as a person than I did before your mission. But perhaps because the task got out of hand and you truly were outmatched, though you were successful. Or perhaps it was some mistake on my part for not understanding where you were in your growth when I assigned you this mission. But that does not change the fact that you have made a mistake. Unfortunately, the whole of our lives is not defined by a single mistake, no matter how grave they may be. You have killed no innocent person. You have not waged violence against the innocents. You have not tried to corrupt the minds of people that you know. You are overcome by rage and anger and helplessness, which is, in all things, very human and understandable. But this does not mean that our mistakes do not have consequences. I did what I had to do to survive. If I hadn't done that, the three of us would be dead down there. And you know that's true. There's no other way we would have made it out. And you left us! We did not in fact leave you. But I will not argue that point with you. 
because I know that you are saying these things because you are hurt. And because you would also like me to hurt. It will take time to rebuild. Not only our relationship, but your relationship with yourself. But I am committed to the effort of trying to bring back to you some peace. As of now, and this is perhaps the most important thing, you are not hanging with a sword of Damocles on your head. You will not be immediately executed, in other words. But you have fallen and failed in your uh, spiritual journey, which requires us to seriously rebuild. It will take some time to discuss with the council what exactly the next few months will look like for you. But you will not be harmed, but you will have lost some significant freedom to move about in Jedi Order for the time being. Now let me show you something I'm sure you're eager to see. And out of his pocket, he takes out the leather satchel that he put uh, the Crystal of Soul in and <clears throat> plunks it onto the table in front of him. And this is the crux of the problem. Yes. He unties the string holding up the bag and uh, you're left seeing the dark red crimson marble that is in front of you, um, in front of him. Out of your reach, certainly. Um... And he says, I have the benefit of understanding where exactly you were. And the way that L tells it in a pit, in more ways than one. I understand what that room does to people and makes them feel when that crystal is corrupted as such. Explaining that to other people will be difficult, but achievable. What is not so explainable necessarily is having this in your possession. Because to do this, one must feel strongly within the dark side of the force a need to exercise the darkest impulses. As such, I think you'll understand when I say that this crystal is a symbol in senses of your spiritual journey, and he tosses it to you. I, I catch it. You must feel strongly in this moment, yes? Uh, try to use the force on something. I have a theory. Um, is there anything in this room that I could just pull towards me? Like yeah, I mean, there's there's something. some chairs. There's like a vase on on the windowsill. There's like some some books and some magazines lying around. Um, I'll try to push the vase over. <laughs> um, you like reach out your hand towards the vase and like in a very like aggressive motion try to push it over, and you see like the faintest bit of wind move some of the flowers in it, and otherwise are in it, unable to successfully move it. So what is this you're doing? Is this some trick that you're able to do? Cut off my connection? 
I think the answers that you're searching for are best found inward, Padawan. I am doing nothing. There is no trick. Before, before your mission, you were powerful in the light side of the Force. As you surely understood and continue to understand despite your state is power within the force comes from conviction in a conviction to either do good to heal those around us to preserve order and protect and thus gives powers that can heal and move objects and do other things like conjure light like kobe so expertly did to save you all from a phantom but conviction and hatred and pain and domination and control, that leads to deadly consequences. The dark side of the force, yes? And having now experienced both, and having no real place at the moment in either, your conviction has seemed to waver. And this is, like I said, the crux. That crystal in your hand is corrupted. Now, going forward, you can either, on the one hand, pursue the path that uses this corrupted crystal to its fullest effect. Or, on the other hand, you could work to build the conviction to purify it and end its weeping. Because soul does weep within there for he is in as great pain as you are. And that would be the test. My proposal for you and for the council. You maintain under security, learning, relearning your Jedi training. When you are capable once again of purifying the crystal that chose you, that would be a significant step into marking your rehabilitation into who you were and who I know you could be again. And if I can't? You can. Because, Akalo, I still believe in you. And you're right. I am disappointed and you know this. But I love you, and I am still proud of you, and proud to call you my Padawan. And you are an amazing student, so you will be able to learn this as well. And at the end of it, you will be a better person and a better Jedi for this. And I know that does not sound correct now, but one day you will come to know this. And I do hate to say this as well, but another problem that is related to this is L. Well, the Jedi Order is not stupid, and uh, we are also not objectively cruel either, and so can forgive the occasional dalliance when Jedi are normally supposed to remain unattached. However, it has become abundantly clear through many instances that L tends to, and he kind of raises a froggy eyebrow at you, cloud your judgment, perhaps? 
I do not answer. Boy, I mean, it is clear that uh, you and L care deeply for each other. In L having now extricated himself somewhat from the order, he is at leisure to love who and whatever he wants. But I want to emphasize that this rule was not laid down arbitrarily to make you miserable. It was to avoid situations pretty much just like this. Now, I'm not asking you to do anything or make a decision about anything, because it is my understanding that L will be taking their own efforts to make themselves scarce around the planet in the order going forward. I normally would not be so harsh in telling you this now, so soon after you had awakened, but I felt like that this conversation could not have been separate of the previous. I am sorry. I remain silent through all of this. For now, though. And he reaches out his hand and, and pulls back Saul from your grip and says, We will meet in the coming days to discuss a training regiment. I have also conscripted several trusted members of the Order to assist me with the efforts both political and actual in getting you rehabilitated within the Order. Rest easy, Akala. May the force be with you. And he exits uh, your room. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.